Welcome to the Tree Leaf Zendo podcast. Tree Leaf is a Soto Zen Sangha available anytime, anywhere at treeleaf.org. Come sit with us. Thank you all for being here. Uh, make yourself uh, comfortable. You can drink and listen or ignore what I'm saying, or you can sit zazen, uh, or like my cat I see in the window, just sit there and stare at the birds as you wish. Uh, today we're going to finish our talk on the Xin Xin Ming, and I, I want to mention, uh, no, I'm not wearing um, the Kessa today. And this is not the time or the place to get into it for long, but I discovered when reading the Xin Xin Ming today that it's going to all connect. And uh, so I just want to briefly um, say why. I'm not taking the Kesa off forever, but this is kind of a protest at myself. It's, uh, there was a recent discussion in the forum and it's not because I think I was going to put the Kessa on this morning and I felt that I should not put on the Kessa as a protest of my own failings to help all the suffering children enough and to do enough to end violence in this world, the war, and it's uh, the homelessness, the poverty, and it's a feeling of personal responsibility. I am not worthy to wear the Kessa right now. Uh, I'm not taking it off forever, but it's my own protest, not just at myself, for all Buddhist priests, we need to do more. Now again, as you're going to see, today's talk says when you help the person right in front of you, when you move a single stone or grain of sand, you're changing the whole universe. So I'm not criticizing in any way. Look, I'm talking here to a, a relatively small group of people. I'm not filling any stadium here. Uh, and that's wonderful. This talk, which I do week after week, is precious. Even if nobody comes, I would give it, maybe. Well, maybe not if nobody comes, but if one person came, <laughs> I would give it. And that's what our Xin Xin Ming passage is about today, really. To help one person is beautiful, magnificent. Wow, it is the Dharma personified. It is to be honored and celebrated. And so is to help the thousands of people in the slums and the millions of people who are suffering in this world. And I feel so helpless that I do not deserve to wear something right now that represents service because I'm failing. I'm failing and inadequate and I am breaking my vows every day because I cannot help, we cannot help these people. So that is why I'm sitting here without a Kessa for a while for a while. And you don't have to listen to me since I'm officially not the te teacher today. But then again, you never have to listen to me. <laughs> so, and it's okay. And by the way, most people don't listen to me, even in my own house. I can't get my kids to listen to me. It's okay. It's okay. But uh, right now we're going to talk 
about the uh, Xin Xin Ming and uh, closing it. And it's the last section. And if you have not been here for the other sections, I think uh, we have some folks who have not been here the whole thing. It does not matter. And I'm going to tell you why, because the Xin Xin Ming, almost you can take any line, any word of the Xin Xin Ming, put it anywhere else and it would fit just as well. There is no beginning and end. It's not the conclusion. The part, the wisdom we're talking about today was in the middle and the beginning, as the Buddha used to say, good in the beginning, good in the middle, good in the end. So this is not the ending. This is just the same wisdom we've been talking about expressed in slightly different words. The teaching has not changed. The Xin Xin Ming, like, like old Jundo here, says the same thing ad nauseum. <laughs> That's what I do. Just constantly repeat myself. If you were here 16 years ago at Tree Leaf, you would have heard the same talk. I'm sorry. I don't know why you people keep showing up to hear the <laughs> same thing every week. But uh, here is uh, what it says. Um, we already discussed that the title means something like Song of Trusting in Mind, but it's also completely interchangeable too. So I keep just tossing up the words and this is uh, what I got today. Oh, I somehow ended up accidentally with a double song, but that's okay. <laughs> I got the Mind Song Trust Song. That works too. That's our title for what Xin Xing Ming translates for this time as the mind song, which is the trust song. Sometimes it's the trust in mind, the song of the trust in mind, but I like this, the mind song, which is the trust song, because the mind is, well, I'll just leave it to percolate with you without trying to put a meaning on it too much. But it starts, in this world of suchness, there is neither self nor other. And this is the central teaching not only of Buddhism, but of so many Eastern traditions, philosophies, even um, I would say many other philosophers and mystics of other religions have discovered this. And I'm going to say even uh, physicists these days have discovered that the, the borderlines between ourself and everything and the rest of the world we consider not the self not as hard as we think they are. Uh, you hear me say every, every week something like the, the bird is the fish flying in the sky and the fish is the bird swimming in the sea. Uh, yeah, I mean that literally. Um, it's just hard to experience. And this teaching and the, the zazen we do is a thousands of years old technology method to get us to experience this a little bit. The rest of the world and all the other sentient beings, the, the leaves on the tree, the grass, even the ugly things, the rusty tin cans, the war, the suffering children, the homeless, it's you and other guys. The homeless are you homelessing, homeless. And uh, you are the homeless with a home, like that. Sometimes I even say something that impresses me for a second. I got to think, I'm going to have to sit with that a little more later. That just came up. But it's true. 
You are the poor with a little money. The um, poor are mostly middle class from what I'm seeing. Mostly middle class us without. Um, now here's the thing. Part of our practice is we need to recognize and soften the borders between self and other because only feeling like a separate self in the world. Where's our guest today? Where, where is it? Hi back there. Oh, he's sitting. Okay. I just want to make sure. You okay? Yeah, we got it. Okay. Only sitting being a separate self in the world is where so much of our suffering comes from. Because as you hear me say again, week after week, when we feel as a separate self, we keep bumping into the rest of the world, which just doesn't fit our expectations. Uh, it doesn't always do what we want. And even if when it does what we want, it doesn't stay that way. You know, just when you, you get the birthday present you always wanted, five minutes later, life hands you something else in a bucket. But when we drop the hard borders of self and other, and the demands that the other be as we want, all the Indian philosophers and Buddhist teachers said, we discover that there's a certain wholeness and everything is okay just as it is. So this teaching is teaching us to get past the hard borders of self and other. And when we sit Zazen, those borders soften and sometimes drop away completely. And you really experience you're the bird flying in the sky and the fish swimming in the sea. Trust me, have a mind of trust. Trust me, you really kind of, I'm not saying you feel wet suddenly and you're at the bottom of the ocean, but you understand what that means. The hard borders of yourself and the rest of the world soften, sometimes completely drop away. And all the not self world and you turn out not to be anything other than a face of each other somehow. And yet, and yet, this is where it comes in. If you only live one way, this is not telling you to only live one way. You have to live the other way too. Of course, we can't only live with no borders. We can't live thinking we're fish. They'll put us in the loony bin. Man thinks he's a fish. Oh, you know the old joke? Man thinks, my husband thinks he's a chicken. When go, woman goes to the psychiatrist, says, my husband thinks he's a chicken. What should I do? And the, the, the psychiatrist says, oh, I think I can cure him. And the woman says, yeah, but I still need the eggs. <laughs> okay. So I'm not saying you should literally feel you're the chicken or the fish, but you are. And uh, so we have to also remember that we are the other. And uh, that's why I'm not wearing the Kessete. I told you this is all going to tie in because the other is uh, the suffering, abused children and the people on the battlefield and the poor and the homeless. And just today, I don't think I'm doing enough. And my vow is kind of broken right now. Okay, so, uh, oh, someone's showing up. Oh, there he is. Okay, good. Got another visitor. To come directly into harmony with this reality, just simply say non-dual, non-dual, not one, not two. It says fu-ni, fu-ni means not two in, uh, in Chinese, Japanese. 
And this non-dual again is to remind you that all these teachings are true. You are not two with everything else, but it doesn't say you're one either. You're both and yes and something more. You're you, I assure you. Don't worry, don't have to look at your driver's license. That's still you, okay? But you are the fish and the bird and the, the chicken. <laughs> and uh, you are the homeless people, all of it. But uh, if you want to realize the peace of this way, uh, also uh, recognize that you're not just the separate person you think you are. You are the wholeness of it all. Here's our talk for today. You can drink some tea. Uh, sorry, no sandwiches today. No problem. Uh, sit zazen if you want. Okay. okay. You know the you know the the drill by now. Thanks. Okay. In this non-duality, nothing is separate, and nothing is excluded. Slipper, slipper. Yep. Nothing is excluded. The whole world includes everything that's in the world. That's kind of an easy mathematical definition. The whole world is the whole world and everything in it, which are not different. And that includes you. And you're all of it. All wise ones everywhere enter this source. And this source is beyond hurry or delay. It says enter, but again, the mystics will tell you this is not something really you can enter because you've been there all along. So when we say enter, uh, you got to be very cautious. I'm entering this state. I'm realizing something. What you're realizing is you've kind of been what I'm describing here all along. You just didn't realize it, you see. And our Buddhist practice, our Zazen and all the rest of it, is to help you realize that, oh, wait a second, I was feeling so separate. I'm not just that. So you're not really entering something because there's no place it's not. And this source is beyond hurry or delay. And a single thought is 10,000 years. We rush, rush, rush in life. And yet... Uh, Truly, there's no place to go because it is right here and everywhere. And that's for the reason we sit Zazen, putting down for a time the need to get, get, get anywhere else but the Zafu cushion where we're sitting. And even when we walk Kin Hin, we're not rushing to get somewhere. Kin Hin is the practice of stepping right here, right here, right here. So where are we trying to get? There's neither hurry nor delay to Kinhin. And a single thought is 10,000 years and a single action is everything. And that's why I'm so impatient. Um, because we're not helping the suffering children and solving the poverty and violence in this world fast enough. That's true too. And one action is everything. It is so true. If I just help one person right here in this room, I've kind of done everything I need to do. 
But then what about the thousands in the slums and the billions who are hungry, right? So everything here also has two sides, two sides, you see. But if we have to realize that truly everything you do is the only thing to do too. And it's wonderful. It's beautiful. And there is no place to go. But sometimes I hope this world gets to a better place and fast. Because we're running out of time. It's kind of that feeling. See, many sides to this. Here and not here do not apply. I've already explained that. That's what I'm saying. Everywhere is here. Here is everywhere. And yet we're here. The infinite universe stands always before your eyes. Same, same. Infinitely large and infinitely small, no difference. Like I said, um, the Buddhist smile is everything. One blade of grass is everything. Helping one person is everything, but also helping millions is everything. One drop of water is the whole ocean. The whole ocean is a single drop of water. Yet we need to clean up the oceans. It's a very complicated world. See, everything I just said is true. It's not either or this. It's not either you're one or many. It's not either you're many or one. It's not either the ocean is perfect as it is. It's not the every drop of water is perfect as it is. It's not that we need to clean up the oceans. It's not that we don't need to clean up the oceans. It's that it's that is all true. All of it. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes we only realize part of it. Our teachings here are to realize that those perspectives are all true. Infinitely large, infinitely small, no different, for definitions have vanished. When we're sitting Zazen, all the categories and definitions vanish. You hear me again say this week after week. Me versus you, the tree versus the star, the car versus the ant or the rusty tin can. These are names and categories in our mind that are, I'm not saying they're not real. There's a car that is not a rusty tin can and I'm not a tree. I'm not a chicken and my wife gets no eggs. Uh, well, she does get eggs, but when she sends me to the store, but okay, all true. But we sit Zazen and somehow we drop a bit or a lot, or totally, depends, all the separate categories and divisions. The car that is not the rusty tin can, because there's a hard border there, this is a car. I learned this when I was a, about, I guess, a year old. That was one of my first words, car, car, which I learned was not chicken, chicken, or, you know, this is what we learn is language. I think when we're infants, oh, Norm Chomsky Roshi says, we're not born with this sense of hard divisions. It's just the big 
mush. I don't know what we're born into. The big, it's not really a wholeness. We say it's ignorance. We're born into the big soup where there's not this great division. And suddenly, eventually, about one year old or so, we say, oh, car, car. I think at the time I pronounced it ka, ka, or something like that. And uh, we learn, oh, tree, and tree is not car. And if we think tree is not car, we get a bad grade in school. And then we got to learn to spell it. C-A-R is not T-R-E-E. And suddenly we're living in a world of division and things, which we need to do, otherwise we can't function. That's why the infant needs someone to change his diaper, and we don't. Well, most of us. I'm getting near back to that again. But soon I'm going to forget at a certain age, and it's okay, because all we're doing is returning to the wholeness, you see. Why do we cherish the little baby? Because it has its future in front of it, but... The person at the end of life who's returning to the wholeness, oh, no, 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 he's losing something. You're losing nothing. What you always were, you're rediscovering. You're wiser than everyone when you're old. And the words start to fall away, you see. Anyway, infinitely large, infinitely small, no difference, for Z definitions have vanished. Infinitely small and infinitely large, no boundaries are seen. Being itself is non-being. Again, I'm not going to get into this, but I like my joke is that if Hamlet had been a Zen Buddhist, he would have had more choices than to be or not to be. We live in a world where, again, the category we draw in our mind is things come, they exist, they disappear, things are born, they die, I have a can of soup. I ate the soup, the soup is gone. I have the egg, I made an omelet, the egg is gone. There's a chicken, it was an egg, the egg is gone, it's now a chicken, things come and things go. And Buddhism says, eh, not so simple. Not so simple. It's uh, the wave on the sea rises, the wave on the sea goes down, but the sea is there all along. Sea hasn't become less the sea because the wave, which is the sea, has risen and fallen. You know, that's the best example I know, so I also repeat that ad nauseum. Well, so being and non-being, not so simple. And non-being is itself being. Okay? Now, something uh, this week uh, I could have used a reminder of. Don't waste time in doubts and arguments. This is true. What are we fighting over? My candidate, your candidate, or both the C. My belief and your belief are both to see. Uh, what I think is right and you think is wrong is both to see. Whether we help the suffering children or don't, all to see. What are we fighting about? That's true. And yet I also think it's time sometimes to speak up for what you believe in. And not everyone's going to agree with you and you have to be prepared for that. As long as you're not trying to be a mean or say something you feel is wrong or deceitful. If you think you're trying to say something that helps, it doesn't matter if people misunderstand or, or it annoys some people or they leave because they don't want to hear what you say. The cancel culture it doesn't matter. If you think it's good, you have to speak up, but yet <clears throat> let's not have arguments. Let's not fight. Let's speak civilly, debate, disagree. We've lost this art in the world. We're just fighting with each other in this world. And I don't want to fight. 
but we can disagree and debate, you know, civilly, be reasonable. But some people still will not understand, and it's okay. You know, you can't convince her. Show me someone who has managed to convince everybody in the world. Even Jesus couldn't do that. Even Buddha can do that. Even the Buddhists don't all agree on what Buddhism is. Nobody can convince everybody of everything. But try to say a good thing. And those who hear will hear. But let's not fight. Don't waste time in doubts and arguments. Oh, wait a second, there's a, uh, that have nothing to do with this. So I guess it's okay to argue about things that do have to do with this. <laughs> I found a, I'm a lawyer, I found a technicality here. It doesn't say don't have doubts and arguments. It says don't have doubts and arguments that have nothing to do with this. So it's okay to have arguments that have to do with this. I found a, what we call a Buddhist loophole here. One is all and all is one. Isn't that the three musketeers? Wait a second. Oh, that's all for one or what for? Okay. All right. One is all. The, the, the Chinese and, uh, and is beautiful and all is one without distinction. I'll tell you, sets means cut and soku means immediately and ichi means one. You got it? Soku immediately sets cut Ichi, one. Now listen to this. Isoku Ichi sets. Isetsoku Ichi. It's beautiful. Take my word for it. Or if you don't know some Chinese, study a little. It's beautiful. Isoku Isetsu Isetsusoku Ichi. One is all, all is one without distinction. To just be thus is to be without anxiety, anxiety, anxiety about pronouncing anxiety and anything else about non-perfection. That's why we sit and we practiced here a little, just sitting without demands for per perfection. The sitting itself is perfect. And then we realize that when we get back to this life where things are so imperfect from the things in our little personal life, our personal problems, to the dirty dishes in the sink, to the hungry children, it's so imperfect. But yet at the same time, there is also this wholeness and this perfection. And now I've also realized I've got a little quandary here. That I'll have to deal with. I am not the wasp, and the wasp is not me, and the wasp is a living being, and I've got some wasps who started to make a little nest under our sitting place here, and I'm going to have to take care of him later. And I mean in the mafia sense of I'm going to have to take care of him. Got my drift? He's going to be sleeping with the fishes, the fish that we are. And I'm not chicken about it, but I'm, okay. anyway, so you see, this is a world of dilemmas. I am the wasp, the wasp is me. I take a vow, I shall not kill, right? Avoid killing. And I got wasps in my zendo. Uh, I studied what the Buddhists do about these situations many years ago. And uh, there was a wonderful advice from a Chinese priest. And he says, here's what he does. He comes for three days and he says, wasp. 
will you please go away? And the, the Dalai Lama had a wonderful video about this too. He does it with a mosquito. Wasp, will you please go away? Then they put a little sign. They literally write a sign and they stick it there. This is a written warning, like you're getting evicted. Wasp, I'm being a little firmer now. I put a sign. Wasp, will you please go away? Okay, you've been warned. And on the third day, sorry, wasp. And now we recite the Heart Sutra to remind ourselves that the wasp was just me wasping and I am the wasp killing the wasp like that. See, it's a complicated world, but it is non-perfection. Non-perfection means not perfect. Like human beings demand, I want perfection. No, it's not that. And it's not imperfect. Oh, it's not up to my standards. We say non-perfection, which is, shall we say, a wholeness. So what it is that it's beyond my little personal preferences of perfect or imperfect. That's how perfectly what it is it is. No, it's not perfect for me to have a wasp under my sitting bench here. Certainly not going to be perfect for the wasp, but I'm going to smush him. But yet there's a certain perfectly what it is wholeness to the whole thing that we taste here. So when you see a word like non-perfection, it means a just what it is perfection that includes my personal preferences of what I think would be perfect or what is imperfect. The trusting mind is without duality. Non-duality is the trusting mind. We just trust in everything I said. I'm not saying just trust me. I'm not a used car salesman. That's not the way. I meant we trust in the teaching I said. Trust in that there are these non-dual views. Trust that there's something right about this world, even when it looks so wrong. And... Uh, Trust when you sit Zazen that Zazen is all of it just right. Here the way of words is cut. Get by all the different words. Without past, without future. Notice this, without even present. It's so whole that how do you have a present when you have no future or past to compare it to? People say be in the present. That's not enough. Be in the whole thing. Beyond past, present, or future. Because it's all just the sea, man. Every second of your life is the whole thing. And yet, and yet, be a foolish old priest who writes something called Buddhism of the future and thinks about tomorrow and also teaches something a thousand years old from the past right now learn from the past be in the present build a good future that's all true okay one final word because I got to explain our little hokey pokey today uh, as some of you know I've been writing recently that um uh, from what I understand, 
as a non-scientist, these terrible things are being developed that for good or bad, like uh, AI and uh, all these things, whatever Elon Musk is up to this week in rockets to Mars, and he, he's got mind reading that's actually working. Have you read about this? They actually can read your mind. Now, not, not exactly, but more than you imagine. You just think of something and the, the AI can read your brain waves and say, oh, you're thinking of a fish or a chicken. It's true. Don't trust me. I post about it. Anyway, all these terrible things. And I said, okay, boy, the Pentagon's going to use this. The rich people are going to use this to get richer. And, uh, you know, all the, all the corporate, whatever, everyone, you know. And I said, but, you know, I don't think we could stop this stuff. Sorry. Write your congressman. Do whatever you want. I, I, and I support it. I love it, man. But I think it's going to, because I know how this world goes, you cannot stop. You cannot stop. What is it? You cannot fight City Hall, but you cannot stop Wall Street and all. You cannot stop this. It's coming. So I'm saying we have to think of ways to use this stuff or try to morally get people to think about using this stuff to feed the children, to, to, to end the violence. Okay, we have to start talking about this. What's wrong with talking about this? Nothing. And I want to talk about it. Because if one thing will help, if one thing will help save one child, then that is the universe. But if one thing will help save a million children, all the better. So we're going to talk about using these other ways. And I said part of it is there's violence in our DNA. And people say, oh, he's talking about the DNA. This is, he's Dr. Mengele. And I'm saying, no, 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 no. There's violence in our, we're animals, okay? We are animals. There's violence in our DNA. I'm not saying like, I'm the island. Remember that movie, The Island of Dr. Moreau? I'm not, this is not what I'm talking about. I'm saying modern research and scientists might be able to do some things to make us a little less violent. It could be a million things from the psychiatrist chair to me sitting here preaching about it to whatever it is. There may be some, some ways that the Buddha never thought of 2,500 years ago, that Dogen never thought of 1,000 years ago. There must be some ways, okay? And I don't know what they are because I just... Asking scientists, please, why don't you, instead of trying to build better soldiers all the time, instead of trying to make better, uh, whatever you're trying to be, better workers for the factory, whatever you're trying to do, instead of rich people trying to be, make your children a little more intelligent, can we maybe somebody work on making us a little more compassionate too, a little less horrible to the some of us, some, most of us are not violent, violent like that. I haven't killed anybody, only a wasp I've killed, but I've, I've not killed any person that I'm aware of directly, but there are those people. Can we do something? Okay. So the joke was he's talking about DNA. So I decided our dance today, I'm, people are getting, he's talking about DNA. Oh, it's terrible. He's talking about DNA. I'm not, saying I'm going to have a laboratory in my house and do experiments on people, folks. I'm just saying we live in the 21st century. We can talk about these subjects 
It's not terrible to talk about these subjects. So I put up today the DNA dance. One of them is beautiful. I think they're science students and they form like a conga line and they do how DNA splits and comes together again. It's really creative. And the other one is from a rap singer named Kendrick Lamar, who I have to confess, I have listened to some Kendrick Lamar. Here's my friend right here, Chris, who, you know, I mentioned Kendrick Lamar and he, I believe your comment was, oh yeah, great. Is that true? Just raise your hand if that's what you said. Fine. Okay. He's got this song called DNA. And I thought, okay, it's cute. I'll put that up. That'll be our dance today. And you cannot dance to it. I, you can't, at our age, it would be dangerous to dance. I will throw my back out again if I try to do anything like it that's in that video. But I want to say this. When I looked at the lyrics, I still don't know half of what he's talking about because it's like most lyrics. He's all over the place. But there are lyrics in there of my dear DNA has violence. And then there are a couple of lines in there like I sit in contemplation. I sit in meditation, then I get up and kill the MF. And I said, yeah. And he said, that's my DNA. And I said, I don't know why, but that is the song that sums up what I'm feeling and why I'm not wearing my Kessa for a while. Because in this animal that I am, man, we're falling down. We're falling down. So you can dance. And, and for some people who reject this, I put up the standard hokey pokey, turn the sound down. You can put the sound up on the hokey pokey. You can dance the hokey pokey. As a matter of fact, you can dance if you're spry enough, dance to Kendrick Lamar. I'm going to just stand today. That's my dance. Also kind of in protest of myself. I'm not dancing the happy hokey pokey today. I'm going to stand and listen for a few moments to what Kendrick Lamar says about the ugliness and the beauty and the peace and the Zazen and the killing the MF that's in my DNA. And that's also my protest. Bjorn, would you, uh, anyone got a question about this? Anyone dares got a question about this? <laughs> You're probably all scared out of your minds by what this guy's talking about. Thinks he's a chicken too. Anybody, uh, anybody got anything? Okay. Bjorn, would you take us out? Or uh, Geika, Geika, would you take? Thank you, Geika. Thank you for joining us for the Tree Leaf Zendo podcast. Tree Leaf is an online practice place for people who cannot easily attend a Zen center due to health, location, work, childcare, or family needs. We provide netcast Zazen, retreats, discussion, Jukai, the support of fellow practitioners, interaction with a teacher, and all other activities of a Zen Buddhist Sangha, all fully online, accessible anytime, anywhere, without charge. Come build the future of online Zen community and practice.